Hey there, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Joshua Sheehan, and this is episode number 251. The RV Entrepreneur is a community for people who are interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. Our goal is to support and inspire entrepreneurs in and around the RV community. And today we have the pleasure of talking with Brooks Smothers. Brooks is a marketing consultant by day and a podcast host for a show called RV Out West by Night. He was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest and grew up camping, starting with backpacking, car camping, van life, before it was cool, and then he progressed onto a tent trailer and is now in a travel trailer, which he travels and camps in with his family. In this episode, Brooks and I get to talk about some of the pros and cons to a geographically based podcast. His podcast is totally focused on the Pacific Northwest. Washington State, Oregon, a little bit of Idaho. And we also get to talk about how as a content creator, you need to create your own sandbox and play within your own sandbox, not necessarily worry about the castles that everyone else is building in theirs. A lot of Brooks's podcasts are episodes about locations and stories that he has about those locations. So it's a, a bit of a mix of informational and storytelling. And one thing that we get into is how you can take the storytelling aspect of a location and use that to show up in search results. You know, as a podcaster and a YouTuber, when I look for information to research a location, audio podcasts are not necessarily the first place I go to. So that's one hurdle that Brooks has identified and found a few ways to get around. We also talk about how he identified his target audience and then took one metric that was super specific to that audience, their average daily commute time, and tailored his content to that metric. And with that, let's jump into the episode with Brooks. All right, Brooks, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you on here. We're going to be talking about some super interesting stuff, podcast, RVing, traveling, entrepreneurship. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Joshua. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So tell me about yourself. What's your current situation? What are you doing? We are not full-timers. We live in a sticks and bricks and we go in our travel trailer. We are, I mean, at this point, if I count everything, we're at 50 days almost right now up through August. So we're probably 60 to 70 days a year in our travel trailer. I am by day a remote worker. And then I work on the podcast and my entrepreneurial stuff on the side as I'm trying to grow those. So that's kind of where we're at. We do a lot of exploring here just around the Pacific Northwest, just because it's our base camp and close to us for weekend excursions and spring breaks and those things as I have two elementary aged children. And my wife works in the public school system. So when the kids are on breaks, she's on breaks Mm -hmm. and I can grab the hotspot and we can go. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's fun that way. How far do you guys usually travel? That's a really good question. So, I mean, we have some spots that we love that are our close little weekend, 30 minutes away, mostly for like shakedown trips in the beginning of the season and those kind of things. But like spring break, we went down near Astoria, Oregon at the mouth of the Columbia River, where the Columbia River and the Pacific Ocean meet. We went to Cape Disappointment State Park. Last year, spring break, we went down to Astoria and down to the Oregon coast. We go out to Eastern Washington a lot, right? So like, In Washington state, we always joke a bit. So the Cascade Mountains is the spine that divides the state. Mm -hmm. And those of us that live on the west side of the Cascades, we live on the wet side. Mm -hmm. And those that are on the east side get more of your traditional seasons, right? They're going to get the fall colors. They're going to get the hot summers. So, you know, by March, we're looking for some sunshine. So we often go up and over and we'll go east to get sunshine and heat and try to dry off a little bit. Yeah. 
So you mentioned a podcast. Tell me about that. Sure. So I started a podcast in the middle of the pandemic. So March 2020, I started a podcast called RV Out West that's all about RVing in and around Washington, Oregon, Idaho. You know, we did Montana and we did Glacier last year. We did Yellowstone as a, we got into Yellowstone as a side note, totally spontaneously. That was not on our original agenda. We lucked into it, but how did, how did you score a spot in Yellowstone? I will let's circle back and I'll share that story because it was pretty wild. And so we really use Washington state as our base camp. And so we will go and explore around the American West and, but with a lot of focus on we're closer to home, right? Cause we're not full timers. Mm -hmm. So the Pacific Northwest is kind of our playground. I have been told growing up, people have always said, wow, you have a voice for radio. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I never really did anything with that thought about it. And, you know, I was worried about you know, as a younger 20 something college student, like, do I really want to try and chase this down and move all over as I'm trying to get my footings within the industry? And then podcast became a thing. I studied visual journalism, so I know how to edit video. And so learning the tools of Adobe Audition was very similar to some degree to using Adobe Premiere. So it was a pretty easy transition for me. And then I like to geek out on gear. So then, you know, fine. I was looking at microphones and Tom Buck has a great YouTube channel about microphones and videos and watched a lot of his stuff. And so I just decided to go for it and start my own podcast on the side. It's a creative outlet. It gives me focus and purpose. And during the pandemic, it really was something that I enjoyed doing and wanted to pursue. So as a creative outlet... How do you also then balance doing things that you're interested in and also providing value to people who are are listening? Because I know as a creator, sometimes I'm really excited about something and I'll I'll spend a ton of time on it. I'll put it out there and it's crickets. Like, I guess I'm the only guy who's interested in this. And finding that balance of things people want to learn about and listen to versus what I'm interested in doesn't always match up. But I'm curious to know how you balance that problem. And it's not really a problem, but that issue. Well, first, I will say I was totally into you microwaving Crocs. I might have been the only <laughs> other person, but My I boys was thought it was that. awesome. They were yeah, like, I w- "We I can put them to- in the microwave." I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, I was 100% on board with that. I was glued to my YouTube watching you guys melt Crocs. That was awesome. So there were no crickets on this end for that. <laughs> I think that's the struggle as content creators across the board, whether you know you have a very, very large following or you're just starting out and you know I'm sitting at around a thousand followers. So I mean, one of the things I really, when I first started out, I, was, I felt like I was all over the map. I wanted to try to keep up with the big industry, other podcasts that are RV specific podcasts that are out there that have been doing this for a while. And I was like, I wanna to try to play in their sandbox. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, no, I need to be me. I need to be true to myself. And I love the Pacific Northwest. I love talking about the Pacific Northwest. I love sharing the Pacific Northwest. And so I really needed to find my voice that way to talk about and define what is my sandbox. I'm not trying to compete with some of those larger ones. I just need to be authentic. I need to be me. And I need to develop content that one, I find interesting and I want to share and talk about. And yeah, sometimes people are really going to really like that. And, you know, my numbers, when I look at my metrics for my show, has great downloads and great listening, and then others don't. And to your point, sometimes it's an anomaly. I don't understand why this one 
didn't have it when I thought it was a really great episode. I put a lot of time putting it together and I thought that the message and the story and the narrative and the content were really good. So I don't know. I just try to stay true to myself and to be authentic. What are some of the examples of recent episodes that you've done and done topics on? Uh, the most recent one I just did was we did a spring break down at Cape Disappointment State Park, like I had mentioned, down in the very southwest tip corner of Washington State, where kind of the Columbia River and the Pacific meet. And we did a lot of exploration down and around that area. I would also say one of the ones that I'm really excited about that I did, which was one of my very first, was the one on Mount St. Helens. I'm born and raised Washingtonian. I did spend a decade away exploring and doing other things, but I'm embarrassed to say I've never been to Mount St. Helens and I was alive when it erupted. And I remember when Mount St. Helens erupted. Um, and so that one, I interview a woman who has gone numerous times and goes every year to go camp there. And she's really excited about it. So she shares all this great information. So if anybody is thinking about wanting to go camping, and RVing at Mount St. Helens, like that's a great episode to listen to. But I open it up sharing my story of what I remember as a six-year-old boy when Mount St. Helens erupted. So there's a lot of that personal, that was a really fun episode. Yeah. Nice. And so then most of your episodes, are they location-based? So if here are things to do in XYZ location, or are they about campgrounds? Is it, So I guess, give me a, give me a breakdown of if you were to have all your episodes be out of 10, what would it breakdown be? So kind of the breakdown, probably 40% are about like campgrounds. And so in that is like, hey, here's about what you might need to know about the campground. Are there hookups? Here's how many sites. When should you think about booking? Is this a super popular campsite? Are you six months out or are you a year out to book for that particular campsite? Hey, here's the kind of things we did to explore in and around the area while we were there. So kind of some suggestions on things to do, see and explore. But I also talk about RRV and how I've figured out we drink tap water right out of our tap and our RV. We're not full timers, so I have not invested the big money in a whole three-tiered water filtration system inside my RV. But we've used other products and we drink the tap water. Once I'm hooked up, we'll drink the tap water out of that. So I talk about what our process was for that, other things that we might have done, modifications and things that we've done to our trailer. I also talk a lot about, I did an episode on Seattle, right? What are some things if you come to Seattle and you only have a day or two to spend in Seattle, finding a campground close to Seattle is really, really hard because it's such a big major metropolitan area mm -hmm. that honestly the closest you're going to get is probably 45 minutes, assuming you also get no traffic. Yeah. So how are you going to spend your time if you've got a camp let's say an hour away from the downtown city core of Seattle, but you got all these cool things to do. And so I share in that episode things that I like to do. There's a great place to go and do an urban paddle in Seattle on Lake Union that you may or may not find about in any great guidebook. And you can you know, paddle around and look at all of the, the houseboats that you might see on an HGTV kind of show when they're doing those or those kind of things. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. I interview a lot of people. I stay focused on Washington State and Oregon. I mean, so I've got some upcoming podcasts. I've had a conversation with geocaching, mm -hmm. which my family loves to do. So I have an upcoming episode on geocaching, and I've spoken to them. 
Washington Trails Association, which is the big, if you're a big hiker, that's where you go to get all your beta for trail conditions, routes, elevation, what's open, what's not. So as an audio podcast, even even as a podcaster myself and a YouTuber, when I think of campgrounds and destinations, audio podcasts are not my first thought of, hey, this is where I want to go research. So I'm curious to know what ways have you or are you looking into bridging that gap of search engine optimization for people to find episodes about your destination so that they can get that information in a story format and not necessarily just a, a review at campgroundreviews.com? Excellent question, Joshua. That's a great question. So, you know, my day job, I'm a marketer by day. So okay. that's kind of what I do from my nine to five. And what so what type of marketing? Like what kind of business, I guess, is the are you marketing? So for? I work as a consultant. So I help a okay. lot of our other our clients and that mm-hmm. kind of thing with this exact <laughs> stuff you're talking about. So a lot of times, right? It's about I don't on my website. My actual website, I have a high bounce rate of like 60% on my actual rvoutwest.com website. Mm-hmm. My bounce rate's really high, but I expect it to be high because mostly I'm driving people from social media to go to my website to go listen to an episode. Right. And then that's going to take them elsewhere. So mm-hmm. I would expect to have that higher bounce rate. I don't post blogs. I don't post show notes. I don't do all of that stuff. So there's not a lot of content necessarily on my website to retain. But to your point about the campgrounds and those kind of things, I do a lot that when I'm writing the episode description, the amount of writing, revising, editing, deleting, rewriting, deleting, rewriting, deleting, and put together, I'm really trying to put in those keywords to drive people to go and to listen to an audio form podcast. The other thing that when I started my podcast and I did all of my market research, the average commute is 25 minutes. So I try to keep my episodes hovering right around 25 minutes. So these are, you can listen to one direction from your home when you're heading into work. And so if you are thinking about going to Cape Disappointment and you're in the car, I'm a supplement to maybe going to those other things where I share some of the history, a little bit of history about Lewis and Clark and what they did at Cape Disappointment, why it got named that. So you can just have your coffee in the car and I can try to entertain you while you're on your way to work is my Mm -hmm. goal. Nice. Have you ever thought about publishing your show notes as blog articles to increase your searching results? Yes, I have. And that might be a a 2023 thing, but being a dad, it's the time management of everything. Yeah. I was going to say it's the time management of there's, there's things, there's tons of stuff you can do. It's what's going to move the needle the most. And you know, those little things, sure they add up over time, but sometimes one, to get them rolling, and two, to continue them, they take more time than you have. Yes, correct. a lot for that. And so that's, yeah, I mean, that's on kind of my business plan to-do list as I I look to see what things I want to do in the future and how I want to build this out. But show notes and blog posts have definitely been something I've considered adding. Building it out. What is the ultimate goal for RV Out West? I would say the ultimate goal for RV Out West right now is I really just want to keep continuing to spread the word and let people know that Washington State and Oregon is really beautiful and a great place to come camping. And I just like to share what is wonderful about this area. I would like to try, perhaps maybe, to make this work as a way to either 
supplement my overall income or make it become a full-time something or maybe it's 50-50 and I still, you know. So what's interesting about where I'm at with RV Out West is in the grand scheme of things, my podcast and myself as a content creator, I'm an infant in the, in the scope of things. But I come with such a huge background of marketing and, and graphic design and all of that. I mean, I have over 20 plus years in the industry that I can draw from. I put together a media kit because I've worked on the other side of the table when I was working in the outdoor industry and was constantly getting hit up for gear and equipment or money to help supplement from various different content creators. And some of those pitches were just an email saying, hey, look, I'm going to take this really amazing trip and I need you to throw me some free gear and I'll send you some pictures. And I need a little bit more than that. We, we can, and we're playing with margins, mm -hmm. right? I'm looking at the full overall cost of retail for that item that that particular individual may want. But I know my cost is less than full retail, right? Because we're manufacturing it. So I have a little bit of wiggle room right in there. But nobody ever really mm -hmm. put together very few. I don't want to say nobody, but very few actually really put together a polished pitch. And so I created a media kit for RV Out West. I've gone in and looked at my Google Analytics and said, okay, here's the type of people that are listening to it. Here's what they're interested in. Here's their demographics. I know the age group. I know, do I trend more male? Do I trend more female? And so I share all of that. And then I have my podcast metrics of what I was able to download and all of that information. So that's all in there. There's a little bio about me. There's pictures. And so there's all of that stuff. So when I write away to companies looking for sponsorship, I go with an ask. Hey, I'm looking to get XYZ. You can in return expect PDQ from me. And here's my media kit. If you're interested, let's have a conversation. How flowery is that email or is it, is it as concise? As it's you pretty concise because they're getting lots of these a day. So it's a brief introduction. Hey, my mm -hmm. name is Brooks. I am the podcast host of a podcast called RV Out West. We focus on RVing around the Pacific Northwest. I'm looking for some sponsorship. I'm interested in whatever it is I'm interested in. In return, I would be happily to whatever. Give you images, write a review, put you on the, you know, do a... Uh, something on the show, create reels or do a story or whatever it might be that I think is fair and equal for retail, right? Because I'm going to let the business. So why retail and why not wholesale pricing? Because it's not costing them retail to send it to you. Correct. But right now, especially again, because I'm small, Okay. right? It's because I'm small. So I don't have that huge, big reach like some of the other folks in our industry. Interesting. And then I say, attaches my media kit, which will tell you a bit more about the show, who my listeners are, and whatever. Let me know if you're interested. And your media kit, are you using that as a PDF? Do you have it as a, a web page with clickable links? PDF. And the PDF all has clickable hyperlinks inside the PDF. Cool. What are some of the things that, having worked in the industry for so long, that you knew to avoid when starting a new endeavor? And or additionally to that... If you could go back before you started this specific podcast, what are some things you may have done differently? I started with a pretty defined and clear launch plan. And I, I set myself a, a target date for the initial launch of my first podcast. 
right? Because I just, I need to work with a deadline. Mm-hmm. I think one thing, instead of this like fly-by-night conversation with my wife saying, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And she's like, I think that's a great idea. And not quite realizing exactly, like I only publish twice a month. Mm-hmm. And still the amount of work going into prepping for a show, editing for a show, writing descriptions and social media for that episode and whatever, it's a bit of a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where my personal wires got crossed, but I think that the amount of work and trying to avoid, you know, what we call pod fade in the industry was something that, I don't know, it slipped my mind. Yeah. And I mean, I work with a, a content calendar. I have my own content calendar. I use my content calendar. You know, content calendars are never really set in stone. It's just kind of my brainstorm session and, oh, I should talk about this. Well, this makes sense to talk about it during this particular time of the year. But then I might find a great interview, so I got to move things around and on the content calendar. But that keeps me focused and moving forward and really helps me to avoid pod fade. Mm-hmm. So coming up with ideas... Having lived in Texas and now being full-time, I have the benefit of being able to go camping in my RV with any of the systems available all year round. Pacific Northwest, not necessarily the case. So I'm curious to know, how do you continue to create content throughout the year to avoid that pod fading throughout the winter months while also keeping the content up, yourself engaged and ahead of the curve? Great question. We uh, RV 10 months out of the year. So I winterize for about two to three months because we're avid skiers. And so we go up to the Cascades and go skiing and snowboarding just about every single weekend. And you take the RV? So I've not done that yet. Okay. I have an upcoming episode where I discuss the RV lot up at the local mountain at Stevens Pass. And they share some information about kind of the tricks and tips for that lot is tight. I was going to say, and, there's not a whole lot of room usually at the top of the mountain. No, especially and the driveway the to get up is really steep. So if you're now adding snow and whatever, I haven't done that. That is on my 2023 plan for like next March. I do plan to take the RV up and at least give it in the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just make sure that I talk with my insurance agent before I go just to make sure everything's all buttoned up. But coming up with content kind of January, February, and March is a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Not for topics for the podcast, but more to not disappear on social media, right? Because okay. social media's attention is very short. And so I need to constantly be sharing ideas and topics and things out there. So additional photos and images over the summer trips, because like this summer, we're driving cross country. We're going all the way out to Chincoteague, Virginia from, so we're taking the kids oh, coast wow. to coast. And so I'll have a lot of content from that trip. Now, that's not quite fully Pacific Northwest, Mm -hmm. but it's still relevant. And so I'll still share it out there. And we try to do kind of one big trip a year. And so we'll share that content as we go. But again, to really distill down your initial question, I lean into my content calendar. So, you know, October is energy awareness month. So I might talk about something for solar panels or generators or batteries or, you know, that kind of thing that will help me with some of that content mm-hmm. in October and looking at those cycles, if you will. Going on a big trip all the way out to Virginia, do you ever feel like the name RV at West has hemmed in your, the content that you want to produce? So yes and no. 
Driving across country is an anomaly for me. I mean, well, this will be my seventh time doing it, but my first time doing it in an RV and taking an RV with me. I've done it in a 78 Volkswagen bus a couple of different times and Volkswagen Jetta, whatever, but mm -hmm. never pulling a trailer. And this is probably a once in a lifetime kind of thing I'm doing with my kids and my wife and my family. You know, we have ideas next year. We want to maybe go to Banff. We've been waiting for the Canadian border and with the COVID restrictions and all of that to look at that. So I still think of Banff as kind of the Northwest. And again, how I manage my time with my normal job too, and working on the road and what does that look like? So I really do want to stay focused on the Northwest. I will probably do a podcast episode on our trip just because I will have been on that trip. And so mm -hmm. it's relevant. But that's more of like an addendum and an and to what RV Out West is really about. I spend the bulk of my time Oregon coast, you know, down Bend, Oregon, or the Olympic Peninsula. You know, I need to go see Mount, Mount St. Helens, and I haven't been to Mount Rainier in a while. So, you know, right. there's some things in the area. There's just a lot to do here. So I'm not a national show. But I, I want to be a resource for those of us who live in the Pacific Northwest who are like, oh, I've never thought about that as an area to go camping. But I also want to be a resource for somebody who maybe does live on the East Coast or lives in the South mm -hmm. and is looking to come camping, whether they're going to drive out from where they live and come all the way out and do the whole kind of cross country thing, or if they're going to fly in and do an outdoorsy rental on an RV or from Cruise America and then spend a week driving around the Olympic Peninsula or checking out Mount St. Helens or Eastern Washington. I want to be a resource for them as they're planning and getting excited for their trip. I just try to cover everything. There's just so much to do. And I just, I have a lot of pride for the area. Yeah. I was away for 10 years and I came back. Nice. So I assume with your day job, all you need is minimal internet connection. Is that safe to assume? Yep. Okay. So then when you do travel, and you're also trying to do this podcast. That's a little bit more equipment. Talk to me about what equipment you bring with you to use and also how you're staying connected. Especially, you know, like I'm in central Washington right now. I know that you can have full bars, 5G at the top, and then you get to the bottom and it's dead zone with every character. Yep. Cape Disappointment was that way. And I knew going into it, the campground itself has zero connectivity. Mm -hmm. And when we were on spring break, I still had to work for that full week. So I had to go find coffee shops and libraries. And, you know, I worked from my truck sitting on the Pacific Ocean beach. So I was in my truck with my laptop looking out of the Pacific Ocean on the beach. And I worked from that for three or four hours. Mm -hmm. When I'm on the road, I tried to front load and get a lot of my episodes in the can scheduled to release before I go. So then while I'm on the road, I'm mostly just needing to manage my social media. Okay. for my podcast. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be on the road and having to sit down with my laptop and edit. That said, I have a Tascam field audio recorder. Okay. And I bring that and I have two dynamic XLR mics that I can plug into that. So if I'm on the road and I do either want to record audio of my family as we're experiencing something for the first time and want to record audio from that, or I have a weird obsession with schoolies. I don't know why. I don't know. And last year we were in uh, St. Mary East Glacier KOA. Uh -huh. And there was a really cool couple who were kind of taking a sabbatical. Their kids are out of the house in late 20s and 30s. And so I went up. They were in the campground, started talking to them. And we sat down and I brought out my field recorder and dynamic microphones. And on, the, on their picnic bench, 
re-recorded an episode. And then when I got home, I prepped, cut, edited, wrote the intros, outros, and did all of the other stuff that one does mm-hmm. for the show. So you got to be flexible in your thinking. I think the thing about podcast is we all love to tell stories. Right. And I love the audio form of storytelling. I'm not afraid to talk to people. I'm very much an extrovert. I will just go and talk to people. And if they have a wonderful story or something of interest, I will be like, hey, can we sit down and record this and gather that? So I'm always gathering content when I'm on the road, but I try not to be editing. Mm-hmm. Understood. That was long-winded. My apologies. No. I mean, it, it flushes it out. And it also brings about my next question because I heard your voice and the excitement when you started talking about schoolies. Have you ever thought about creating a schoolie interview podcast where you get people who are in schoolies, doing schoolies on the phone, just virtually like this and talk to them about their schoolies? I haven't. You should. I haven't. You should. I, I probably I heard the excitement should. I in have... your voice. Yeah, but, no. But again, it probably goes back to the time of how much time it goes back to the time and how much and then that's probably going to mean i'm just going to want to sell all of my stuff and do a build and just you know i don't know so i I got a fine line there wrong with that i know i know i do have an idea for another show that is absolutely not in the rv space that has been kicking around in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. um i haven't done anything with it yet outside of you know i keep notes on my phone and so i've got some ideas of people that i would like to talk to and hear their stories but Gotcha. It's more about human resilience and how overcoming cool. things. Interesting. So, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be happy to listen when, it, when and if it comes to fruition. Yeah. I think that will be a seasonal one where, you know, I'll wait and then I'll release like six episodes and call it one season model. and then I'll just go dark and you, you can binge on it like Ozarks and then, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That is interesting to figure out what is, what's better as a listener and or a business of consistent releases every week or every two weeks. Or as you said, just release a season all at once, let people binge. And then, you know, as long as you figure out some way to capture their attention or get a hold of them again in the future, so that when you release the next season, that they are able to find it again. That's interesting. I never thought about audio form in the seasonal sense, as far as like a Netflix model of releasing an entire season all at once and then going dark until the next season releases. And there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that do follow that format. Really? APM Reports it has a show called In the Dark, okay. which is fantastic. It's absolutely not in the RV space. There was a story years ago of a, a 12-year-old boy who went missing. His name was Jacob Wetterling out in Minnesota. And the case went cold for 40 years. They couldn't figure out who did it. And these reporters came in and basically ended up solving it. Wow. And working with local PD to solve it. And then the, the second season, I had to wait a year. And then the second season was about a gentleman by the name of Curtis Flowers down in the South who was charged with the crime of murdering four people at a furniture store that he worked at. The guy spent 25 years in jail, in prison, for a crime he didn't commit. But how these reporters did it. And it was so relevant. This happened in the 90s. But Curtis Flowers just went in front of the Supreme Court like a year ago, like last summer. Uh-huh. And finally got everything dropped. So it was super relevant. Mm-hmm. And so here it is. I binged on the 9, 10, 11 episodes. And then it went dark for a while. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, there's been a new development in his case. And he's getting retried. And now it's going to go on. And so I'm I'm hooked. And I'm listening. And I'm I'm right there alongside of them. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, the other podcasts that I listen to that are on a frequent schedule of deploying and publishing 
Yeah, I guess it would all depend on the type of content you're delivering. You know, I think of Jason and Abby at RV Miles. It's very relevant current events, and it makes sense for them to release currently. Whereas what you're describing is more of a a story. And I can see the benefit of being able to have episode six and be able to edit and add things in referencing episode one that you could not have done if you had released them live and, and sequentially. You know, and again, my RV show is every two weeks. So it's a very kind of metronomic I release on Mondays. And so that's that. But this is another way to think about it. And it would be an interesting way to test it too. Yeah, it would be. I could also see you doing gathering content all throughout the summer, editing it all throughout the winter and releasing it almost a year later for summer yep. season. But then is that too late? Because if people are listening mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, this sounds like a great idea. I want to go see that or go experience that myself. Well, now maybe that means that they're now two years out right. because a lot of those big places you know, require one year mm-hmm. for getting reservations yeah. or planning purposes. So if someone came to you, they've never started a podcast and they said, Brooks, I want to start a podcast. What would your advice be to them as far as how to do it, how to come up with content? And also they've never done it. So they don't know entirely if they like it or not, where to start with gear or software of, of publishing a podcast. The very first thing I started with when I was thinking about doing a podcast, I got two books. The first book is called Podcast, Learn to Stop Babbling and Start Podcasting Like a Pro by Mike Iman. Quick, little, thin, thin book. I got that book and I read that just to kind of give me a baseline for kind of what I might be getting myself into. And the second book is by Abby Sacido called The Podcast Planner, which talks about kind of how you want to put a podcast together. It's a workbook. So it's got kind of how you prep for an interview or different ideas for, you know, a worksheet for how you might plan out the the chapters, if you will, of your episode. Mm-hmm. So I did I did some research. You know, I, I watched, I had mentioned earlier, I watched a lot of uh, Tom Buck. He is a YouTuber who talks about microphones, cameras, and podcasting. And then there's Shan, uh, Shan the Man, I think is his. He's another podcaster who talked a lot about podcasting. And the other big one was School of Podcasting, which is a great podcast to listen to. So I did kind of my, probably even a year before I started geeking out on mics and softwares and mixers and all of that other stuff, I just kind of started soft and just started researching and reading about what all is involved with podcasting to kind of get the the background ideas of that. Once I kind of committed to the idea and had built out kind of, oh, my show is going to be about RVing. Okay, well, it's going to be about RVing in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, let's kind of, and so as I'm kind of building out that side of, well, what do I want to talk about? What is that going to look like? I then also started looking up gear. For somebody new who maybe doesn't know anything about podcasting, you can buy a relatively inexpensive USB microphone on Amazon, and you can use Audacity if you're on a PC or even on a Mac, or if you're on a Mac, you can use GarageBand, free software that already comes, and you have a way to at least start recording your podcast and learning to to edit and really start listening to yourself, to those that you're interviewing, the ums. I realize I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a mouth clicker, so you're gonna have to edit that out later. Like I notice that I click my tongue a lot and you'll start picking up on those kind of nuances that you do as yourself and or you know your guests that you might be interviewing. 
I would say even the getting listed in all of the directories, figuring out how you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or how you're on Spotify, it's pretty straightforward. I use Buzzsprout as my podcast host. Mm -hmm. So it's just really a few extra steps of releasing my RSS feed to all of the different podcast directories. So that way I can be in everybody's directory because not everybody right uses the same app to listen to their podcast. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty straightforward. It's it's really surprisingly not that complicated. I would say the complicated thing is narrowing down what it is you want to talk about and then being consistent because I read a statistic that I think most people pod fade at episode seven. And that's where the slippery slope starts. Hmm. Episode seven, you might, you know, if you release every Monday, you might not release that Monday and you're like, well, no big deal. I only have three listeners and it's my mom, my sister and my, you know, what at me, then it's one week, then it becomes two weeks. And then you just fade into whatever and you just kind of don't do it anymore. So if you're serious about it, you know, develop a content calendar. If you're going to go and start monthly, don't, don't say I'm going to release every week. Maybe start just doing it once a month or twice a month. Be consistent. Use a content calendar to look at your, your year so you can say, okay. And as you're putting together your ideas for what you want your episodes to be in the future, you've got your content. And then just start with, you know, a $40 microphone on Amazon and use Audacity. And then slowly you can start getting different microphones or different gear and because that's a rabbit hole that you can just anybody can geek out on. And it never ends. And it never ends. It never ends. Because there's always something new or something you didn't know about. And yeah, I think a lot of times you can you can get into the weeds on how to solve a problem, but it goes back to the same the same conundrum that you said you have with time is sure I can make this two percent better, but it takes me two extra hours per episode. Well, it, it's probably not worth your time to go with that extra little tweak or that extra little magic magic fairy dust. Yeah, I'm curious to know your opinion, though, of how do you balance with your interview podcast? How polished do you make them? How much time do you spend editing out all of the mouth clicks? Because one, it it sounds better and it makes the guest sound more polished. But at the same time, it's edited, right? It's not real in so much. But it is real. It is real. I studied visual journalism at the Brooks Institute of Photography before they completely fell apart. At that school... I had a lot of professors who were industry professors. I had a photography professor who had been on Air Force One, and he covered as George Bush W's last two weeks in office, and then, or maybe it was Clinton's last two weeks in office, and then George W's first two weeks in office. So he kind of covered the changing of the guards Mm -hmm. in D.C. and Air Force. I mean, so these professors had big industry titans. They gave us in one of my classes, and it stuck with me all this time later, Audio will kill a video. Mm-hmm. So you might have the most cinematic, beautiful looking video. And if your audio is garbage, nobody's going to listen to it or watch your video. And that has stuck with me all these years. And so to your point, when I conduct, I'm constantly going, um, um, this or, and that I do edit those out as much as I can and as much time as I want to put into it, mm-hmm. I will leave some in for creative license and that's who they are and that's how they speak. So I'm not going to completely polish it, but I feel like that's my duty to, as a podcaster and as a host of a show, I want to present my interviewee in the best light to my audience, to my listeners. And so I will 
take some time to edit those out to create good quality audio. You know, when you get interviewees too, you never know, right? I mean, here I am talking with you. We're both on headphones and good microphones and the audio quality is going to be great. I've conducted interviews where they're sitting in front of a laptop, you know, they're full time and they're in a truck stop parking lot. And so Mm -hmm. the sound of truck audio is coming in the background. They're not using headphones. So I'm getting, and that is what it is. And I think the other thing is, is that uh, listeners are okay with that. One, if the content is really good, what they're talking about, and Mm -hmm. that's of interest, they can look past. But if my show every single time was that same hey, look, I don't really care about my audio. Right. I'm just sitting in a parking lot recording on my laptop. A listener, I believe, is only going to listen a few times before they're like, next. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you want to hear my Yellowstone story real quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so we were camping. We did 10 days at Glacier National Park. We did four or five days at West Glacier. We stayed at the West Glacier KOA, which mind-blowing unbelievable it was that's an amazing campground mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty penny but it's amazing and then we went over to east glacier and we we're staying at east glacier east saint mary koa on the more kind of it's not mountainous there's tumbleweeds you're in that different side of the state of montana it's a different kind of beauty and we were sitting there i was having coffee with my wife in the morning and she said to me she goes you know i feel like we've kind of seen and done what we came to see and do here at Glacier. And we still had like another four days. And I was like, okay, what are you thinking? She goes, let's see if we can get into Yellowstone. And I was like, seriously? Like those places book out nine months a year. Here it is. We're trying to go to Glacier today. So, okay. Fired up the jetpack, started doing some research. We are fans of KOA. So I called, there's two KOAs in West Yellowstone. I called and it was, hey, look. Don't laugh too hard. (laughs) Don't laugh too hard. And I subscribe to, it never hurts to ask. So I'm just going to ask the question. I'm like, okay, do you happen to have any availability? And they were, when are you thinking? I go, I don't know, like today for the next four days. (laughs) And they were like, we just had a cancellation. I was like, okay, then here's my credit card. Take whatever deposit you need. We are in East Glacier. I'm going to break camp. We're on our way. We'll see in about six hours. And they said, okay. So we completely, and that was the second, I've called the first KOA, which is owned apparently by the same same people, and they're only a couple miles apart. Mm-hmm. And the first one we called, we called because they had the pool, right? And the kids want the pool. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we have nothing. Nope. Sorry. I was like, okay. I would have been surprised if you had said yes. Right. Thanks for your time. Right. And then I called the second one, and they were like, yeah, we do. So- Wow. We jumped on it. We were super late getting in, though, because we got completely rerouted around a wildfire. Mm. Like, we kept going. I'm like, that doesn't look like a cloud. And as we're getting closer and closer, I'm like, I'm not sure that's a cloud. Finally, we came to, and there's like construction workers and Montana State Patrol saying, Yeah, this is the end of the road for you guys. Turn around. Mm. But yeah, completely locked into it. It was awesome. That's cool. Those are the kind of stories that you'll remember. And that's the reason that we get out there, right? Like that we go yeah, and we exactly. do stuff. And the nice thing about having, bringing a home with you is that you bring your home with you. So even if you hadn't gotten there all the way, you could have just found spot a National spot. Forest or BLM and just sat on the side of the road till the next morning. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. I think this is a good example for folks to listen that, you know, we talk a lot about full-timers and, and building businesses on the road, but I think that there's 
you know, I just had an episode with Kimberly Crossland from Roadpreneur and, and Cruising Campfires, and she's similar. They go out when they can. And I think it's a good highlight of it's not all or nothing. And I think a lot of people find the idea of having a, an entrepreneurial business on the road, being full-time, as like this shiny penny. And sometimes it's not doable, but that doesn't mean that you can't incorporate aspects of that into your life. Your example of, of showing ways to do that is is what I'm enjoying highlighting of that there are ways to do parts and pieces if you don't want to do everything and or if everything is not achievable for whatever season of life you're in at the moment. Because let's be honest, everybody listening to this podcast does not want to be full-time RVers for the rest of their life running their solopreneur business. Like there's aspects of that scenario that don't appeal to some people and actively disappeal to others. So thank you for sharing your story and how you've incorporated your exploring into an entrepreneurial venture while also keeping your day job and your sticks and bricks and being able to, to jump out and venture into the bigger, greater Pacific Northwest. Right. And it's about dipping your toe, right? Yeah. It's just kind of, it's, it's baby steps before I just completely cut bait. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you never cut bait too. And that's what I want to, and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, it, there are ways to do all of this without doing everything. And sometimes yeah. I think the media presence, you know, you jump on Instagram and it's a hundred percent. You don't have to go a hundred percent. doesn't even have to be the end goal to go a hundred percent. Correct. One thing I would like to just kind of add as we, as we come to a closure is that in my twenties, I lived down in St. Thomas in the U S Virgin islands for a couple of years, 25 to 27 ish at that time period in my life. And, you know, I would come home and I've got long hair and I've got a cardboard box that's got six fifths of rum in it and I'm bringing it back and handing out bottles to my friends because it was two dollars a bottle for me and I'm like hey have a bottle of Christian rum like and I'm like this kind of I don't even know just this wild spirit of whatever and it always got me which ties into the point you were talking about Joshua is that people would say to me well you're so lucky that you get to live in the Virgin Islands and my point to your point is it's not luck I may have lucked into my job down there, but I was going to go regardless. Mm -hmm. I made a decision, moved on that and acted on that decision because that's what I wanted to achieve out of my life at that particular point in my life. So it wasn't luck. I made a decision. I made a choice. I sacrificed moving away from my family and all of my friends that I had known for many, many years I grew up with and decided to go and have this experience. So I would encourage people, if you are thinking about starting a podcast, or if you are thinking about starting a, a business, whatever that might be, it's scary, but to go for it. Yeah. I think it's also helpful sometimes to get out a piece of paper and do similar to a pros and cons list, but this is what I want to achieve. Well, there's only so much time, energy, and resources. What am I willing to give mm -hmm. up? And so you were willing to give up being close to family to go spend time in the Virgin Islands. And you're obviously giving up other things to be doing RV out West. And it's similar when you're going to go cross country to Virginia, you're going to be giving up the summer in Washington to go do Which is that. the best time. Yeah. Correct. So it's, I think that's a, that's a good point of just realize your dreams are achievable. You also have to be realistic and, and know what are you willing to sacrifice to, to achieve them? Yeah. You can't do it all. Nice. All right, Brooks, let everybody know where they can find you online and where the best place to connect is. Sure. You can find me on Instagram at RV underscore out underscore West. 
I'm also on Facebook at rv.out.west. And then, of course, you can find me online at rvoutwest.com or wherever you get your podcast. Please give a listen, a subscribe, check out the show, bounce around. You don't have to listen in order. And I'm in all of the major directories. That should be easy to find. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time on a day to join us today, Brooks. Hey, Joshua. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brooks Smothers from RV Out West. He's got a super cool podcast idea, being able to geographically niche down, tell stories, and describe locations for just a smaller geographic area. Because unless you're full-timing, there's a lot of demographic out there that wants to know about cool things in their area within a three, 400-mile radius that they can do on weekends or longer trips on school breaks, summer breaks. And I think focusing on the area that he is enthusiastic about, the Pacific Northwest, is a great way to build a business and to tell stories of camping in that location. So was it just me or did anybody else hear how he kind of got lit up when he talked about schoolies? I think it'd be really cool if he started a schoolie interview podcast of just talking to people about why they chose a schoolie, what the design process was like, how it morphed into more than just a RV build, but schoolies definitely have their own culture and their own lifestyle within the RVing community. I think it'd be a really cool podcast for him to dive into that. I also thought it was pretty interesting how we talked about seasonal podcasting and what type of content would be appropriate for seasonal podcasting, where you record several episodes and then you release them. And I think it definitely fits more with something that's got a story and a timeline, you know, something that is one-off, such as the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. We don't necessarily have the same guest on multiple times in a row, so you can pick and choose. You don't have to actually go in order. And I think that something that would go in order, as in you're reading a story from beginning to end, would really bode well for a seasonal podcast publishing schedule. But I'm curious to know your thoughts. Let me know in the RV Entrepreneur Facebook group. You can go to rventrepreneur.com slash Facebook group and join us over there for the off-air conversations. And if you want to connect with us on any of the other social channels, the rventrepreneur.com slash connect is the place to get all of those links. We'd also love to hear from you. If you want to leave a comment for Brooks, another guest, or you have a question, head over to the rventrepreneur.com slash voicemail. Leave us a voicemail and we'll try and get you on to a future show. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, head over to the rventrepreneur.com slash guest form. And we'd love to hear how you're financing your travels in the RV life. And that's all I have for today. I'll catch you on the road. See you next time.